Hello, it's Lauren LaGrasso here and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative. I am coming to you from my childhood bedroom again. The last time we spoke, I had mentioned that my grandma was on hospice and probably had less than a week to live and she actually ended up dying the very next day after I released the podcast. So I have been home and helping prepare the funeral and mourning. And I was really struggling with whether or not to put something out this week because on top of not having time, obviously I'm not in best spirits. My grandma was incredibly important to me. She helped raise me. And so this has been very heartbreaking to say the least. But I wanted to do a little something today to honor her and also to share the revelations that mourning her have brought about, both for me as a creative and as a human being, and how you might use the loss of a loved one or even just tracing the history of a loved one's life to inform your own life and carry on their legacy. So as I mentioned, there have been a lot of revelations over the past few days, but my top one probably is the importance of tracing the lines of your creative lineage. And not just your creative lineage, but your lineage in general. And the reason why I think this is so important is to teach you why you are the way you are and what you might be able to become that you haven't even scratched the surface of yet. There are a few other lessons that I want to get to as well, but first I want to just share a little bit about my grandma so you know why I was so inspired by her story. She's had a 12 to 13 year battle. It's kind of unclear of when it started. It was like 2006, 2007 with this debilitating disease called multiple system atrophy. This disease usually takes people in like five, 10 years tops and she survived 13 years. So that's because she was so brave. And also because my mom, Joanne, was the most amazing caregiver. And though my heart is broken I'm also at peace knowing that she's no longer trapped in her body because what this disease does is it literally takes everything away from you. So one by one, I mean, she lost her balance, then she couldn't walk on her own, then she couldn't use the bathroom on her own, then she couldn't speak, then she couldn't eat. It takes away everything from you. She was trapped in her body and I'm just grateful that she's free from that now. And able to dance again, because that was one of the ways she expressed her creativity was through dance. But well before she passed, she was an angel. And she was one of the bravest people I ever knew. When she was only 16 years old, she opened up her first beauty shop. So she was born in 1926. It's not like she was like a millennial startup queen. She was doing the entrepreneur thing before it was even remotely normal for a woman to be doing that, let alone an Italian Catholic woman who was basically the the realm of what you were allowed to do in that period was sit around and twiddle your thumbs until a Prince Charming found you. But she took life into her own hands. She bought her own beauty shop and started making money to help support her family. So she was an entrepreneur before she even graduated high school. And, and I say this all the time, but if she was in my generation, I know she would have been the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or created the next multi-million slash billion dollar startup. She also survived a very difficult childhood and had to move from Windsor, Canada to Detroit at a young age, around 19, to build a better life. And I keep going back to this, but it just 
it strikes me because, again, the bravery thing. Back in those days, as an Italian Catholic woman, it was not easy to do that. No one lived away from home until they got married. She broke boundaries and glass ceilings with her move. My grandmother's courage to move from her country of origin for a better life started a trajectory that allowed the other women in my family to do the same thing. So my mom, when she was in her early 20s, was working for American Airlines and decided to move to New York City and boldly pursue her dreams. I've been able to move to L.A. and do my thing out there. My cousin Christina has been able to move to San Diego and pursue a better life for herself and pursue happiness, really. And I really believe that the reason we're able to do those things is because my grandma, at such a young age and at a time when it was not at all the norm, went there. So it was just in us. So as you can see, she was incredibly strong, but she wasn't just strong. She was really giving. She was loving and open. One of the most creative things about my grandma was her love story with my grandpa. She met him through my Aunt Santa. That's actually her name. It means saint in Italian. But my Aunt Santa and my grandma worked together in a beauty shop in Detroit. And for a year before they met, my grandparents, before they ever met, my grandma was praying for my grandpa because he was dating a divorcee at the time with a child. And that was very scandalous in Italian culture. So she was praying for Larry, Lorenzo, that he would be okay and because Santa had asked him to. About a year after she started praying, they met and it was love at first sight and they were married six months later and they truly had one of those love stories that just, it doesn't exist. It's not real, <laughs> but it was real. And they perfectly balanced each other. It wasn't perfect, but they were perfect together. From their love, they had five kids, six grandchildren, tons of extended family and friends, and countless lives that they touched. Some of my grandma's top lessons were to treat people the way that I'd like to be treated, to do random acts of kindness and never expect anything in return, to work hard and do a job correctly or not do it at all, to be brave in the face of adversity, to approach life creatively, and to forgive even those who have wronged you most egregiously. Some of her creative highlights include when they were on their fifth kid, they wanted new furniture, but they couldn't afford it. So my grandma literally, while having five kids and running the household at night, went and took upholstery school and learned how to make couches. I mean, this woman was brilliant. There was nothing she couldn't do. She made silk flower arrangements. She made all the kids clothes from scratch. She made gourmet meals. She kept my grandpa in check because while my grandpa was one of the most amazing, beautiful people I've ever met, and I'll have to do an episode about him sometime too, he was definitely a mess. And she was a stickler for having a sparkling clean house. So she balanced him out. She balanced the checkbooks. She was just a powerhouse and didn't ever stop moving, had energy and one of the most amazing work ethics I've ever seen in my life. She lived a life of love, kindness, and service. Everything she did came from that place. And something in looking back on my grandma's life that I'm most struck by and that I honestly didn't realize until this past weekend is her ability to truly see people and be present with them and listen to them. So that was my grandma. She was amazing. And even in the face of this 
horrific disease she faced every day with such bravery and courage and joy and gratitude for every day, even though so much was being taken away from her. So when I traced this story, there are a few things that I realized. One, I get my work ethic from my grandma. The woman never stopped moving her whole life. The other thing is, too, though, I think she didn't stop moving because she was afraid to fully look at herself, which, bingo, I have that too. (laughs) It's scary to sit still. And obviously you don't want to sit still for too long, but you need to sit still for long enough to contemplate who you really are and where you want to go. What's the purpose behind your actions? Don't be busy just to be busy. But then again, I am very grateful to have the work ethic. I definitely get my ability to interview from her. I didn't even realize that because so much of interviewing, people think, oh, you have to be this excellent speaker. That's not it. I mean, yes, it really does help to be able to be well-spoken, but I'm a much better listener than I am speaker. And that's what my grandma did. And I think watching her all those years, because she did help raise me when my mom was working, she took care of me. Watching her be so present, not only with me, but with her friends, her family, it kind of was like a master's class in what I was about to do, which is podcasting is just in-depth listening. Another thing I realized was if my grandma was able to be an entrepreneur at 16, I can probably handle some version of that at 30. Whatever fear is holding me back couldn't possibly be worse than what she had at 16 when she was putting her life savings into buying a beauty shop and running it by herself. There's a lot of things I also closed myself off to doing that she did, like these visual forms of creativity. But then I realized, okay, if she did them, you know, her DNA is coursing through my veins. I don't think DNA courses through veins, but you know what I mean. It's in me. Like pieces of her genetic makeup are in me. Then maybe I should open myself up to that, even if it's not my path, even if it's not my passion. Maybe just like grandma, floral arranging could become a hobby for me and light me up in some way. Other lessons I learned from celebrating my grandma's life, don't be afraid to brag a little bit about yourself. My grandma was so humble that I never even knew like half of the things she did. It's sad because I really don't think that she ever knew how special she was and I wish that I had been the me I am now when she first started getting sick because I would have loved to have these conversations with her. And thankfully, I've been able to since she started getting sick and I'm sure she heard him, but I would have loved to have a back and forth and really tried to make her see how amazing she was because I don't think that anyone, a lot of people held up a mirror to her to tell her how amazing she was, but she couldn't accept it. And therefore, there were so many stories and so many amazing accomplishments about her that I just didn't know that I would have loved to know. So don't be afraid to do a true humble brag about yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're haughty. It means you literally tell somebody about the good work you've done. Don't be afraid to share your pain. That's another thing. I didn't know all of the pain and suffering my grandma went through. And there were a few things like... You know, when I was younger, she called out my weight and that scarred me in a way. But I think if I had had some understanding that, okay, she went through this really 
traumatic thing when she was younger and that's impacting how she speaks to me now, I would have had a much different take on it. So if we can share our vulnerabilities, we'll all be more forgiving with each other when we realize, oh, that person isn't really talking about me. They're projecting their pain onto me. Another thing that came up was the power of storytelling to heal. Like any family, our family is amazing and wonderful, but you know, in planning the funeral, there were some disagreements and it's never easy when someone gets sick. That's another thing. This is a sidebar, but have those conversations with your parents when they're healthy because it's very difficult to have everyone get on the same page once the parent can no longer be part of the discussion. So anyway, that was a sidebar, but I do really recommend that. But as we got up and told these stories, because at the wake, because I don't know if all religions do this, but Catholics do wake. So they embalm the body and, and then everyone, you know, meets at the funeral home and talks about the person and catches up. And we also did a rosary and then we ended up doing a eulogy session where anyone could get up and say any story or remembrance of grandma that they wanted to. And those stories that everyone told really healed us. You could feel this wave of love wash over the room. Whatever you do in life, storytelling is powerful. So keep tuning up that skill set because it's something that creates connection instantly. And it's not even as important to make sure the story is completely coherent as it is to make sure the story makes people feel something. It makes you feel something when you tell it. At the end of the storytelling eulogy session, there really wasn't a dry eye there. I also learned, I mean, I've been hearing this for a while, but I learned really intricately during these past few days, as I was trying to take care of everyone, as I was trying to take care of my mom, who was obviously devastated after taking care of my grandma for 12 years and my aunts and uncles and my cousins and family members and friends who came to the funeral and protect everyone's energy and hold space for everyone. I realized you sometimes really need to protect your energy while taking care of others. And if you can't do that, then maybe you need to separate yourself for a bit of time. But I got so drained that I almost passed out today. And I'm pretty sure it was like a pure energetic thing. So when you're in that kind of scenario, hold space for others, protect others, but also make sure you're protecting yourself because it's really easy when you're emotionally distraught to not protect yourself because you're not thinking about it. But you can even like envision yourself in a bubble. That really helps. I didn't do it today and paid the price, but I highly recommend that when you're going through anything super emotional. And then why it's important to honor those that have passed with our creativity, even when it's painful. So I ended up singing for my grandma. I sang a song at the funeral home yesterday and I sang Ave Maria today at the church. And while it was very difficult to get through, I just knew my grandma always loved making me perform. I remember I would resent it when I was little. I was like, oh God, I don't want to sing. Which I'm like, what a little asshole. You should sing every chance you get. (laughs) But if you have the opportunity to honor someone you loved deeply with your creativity, don't hold yourself back. I mean, I know it's painful, but you got to try because 
that's something you're never going to regret. You're going to always look back on it and think, wow, I did that for that person. And they are looking down and they're so happy right now. So whatever you can do, whether it's painting a picture, whether it's writing a poem or a speech or singing a song or doing a one-woman show like my friend Roxy did, it's important to use your creativity to honor those that have passed. So in closing, if your family has already passed, I encourage you to become an investigative journalist, go around and do interviews, gather as much information as you can about your bloodline so that you can trace the lines of your creative lineage and find out little tidbits about yourself that you might not even realize or things that you might be. And if your grandparents or parents are still alive, don't wait. I'm going to do this with my parents as soon as possible. I encourage you to talk with your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles about their creative journey and just their journey in general, because you never know what tracing those lines could make sense of in you. Don't be afraid to be curious and to ask family questions while they're still around. You'll never regret it. And I think it goes without saying, but this episode is dedicated to the loving memory of my amazing grandmother, Alita Roboto. Grandma, I love you. You are the bravest person I've ever known. Rest in peace. I know you're dancing with Grandpa right now. And to you, the listener, thank you for listening. If you have time, stick around. I'm going to share a little bit of my version of Schubert's Ave Maria that I sang for my grandma at her funeral service. I'll talk with you next week. I believe in you. Stay tuned for the music.